episode 44, Autoimmune Disease 101. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast, where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. As a health professional and a mom, I fully understand the importance of having a fun, simple, and sustainable plan for achieving a responsive thyroid. So I share actionable and practical strategies for developing a responsive thyroid so that the ambitious moms and women can gain freedom from fatigue and lose the thyroid weight once and for all. Each week, I will be here for you. Along with my guest experts, we will be sharing simple and tangible tips that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. Welcome back to today's episode, you guys. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you when it comes to autoimmunity, okay? Um, I have found a lot of confusion with people who are newly diagnosed, maybe they've even been diagnosed for a few years with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, and they don't realize that hyper and hypothyroidism are different than Hashimoto's and Graves. Hashimoto's and Graves fall into the category of autoimmunity, whereas hypo and hyperthyroidism, um, in my opinion, (laughs) and you guys may argue, fall under just an illness, right? A disease, a condition of sorts. Now, let's dive in (laughs) to today's episode and hopefully you guys are able to learn something new. And as always, if you guys find value in today's episode, maybe you know someone who is going through some of this or maybe newly diagnosed with an autoimmune condition and is confused about it, this would be a great time to go ahead and share this episode with them so that they can become more familiar with autoimmunity, um, as this is just the basics of it. Okay, so let's dive in. (laughs) Autoimmune conditions are estimated to impact between 23 and 50 million people in the U.S. alone, which is a huge number, (laughs) right? I think we can all agree on that. The National Institute of Health is a little bit more conservative when it comes to their estimation, on this, and they're estimating that 23.5 million people, and that only includes 24 identified autoimmune conditions. However, it can go up to 140 diseases and conditions that are suspected to have some root causes in autoimmunity as well. Okay, so this is kind of, it's a big deal, right? It's we're learning more about autoimmunity. They are classifying illnesses, diseases, conditions um, into different categories. And I feel like the health industry is always changing and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Autoimmune conditions or diseases can be chronic and in a lot of cases, life-threatening. 
or in some cases, I should say, not all cases. <laughs> if you have been diagnosed with autoimmune diseases, your doctor has probably explained your immune system. <sighs> but you guys, it's so confusing and has mistakenly been developed. So let me back up. Your doctor may have explained to you that your body has developed these antibodies um, to attack the healthy tissue in your body because it thinks that it is a foreign invader. Now, I believe that there's a reason your body does this. It just doesn't flip a switch and decide, oh, I want to attack you. <laughs> um, when I was studying the immune system in school, I just remember being so overwhelmed and having to go over some of the classes multiple times because the immune system is very different than a lot of other systems in the body. Your immune system <laughs> does not have A, B, C, D. Your immune system lives all over, right? Our digestive system, we can categorize, okay, part of it. Your brain stimulates digestive enzymes. Your mouth chews it up. Then it goes into the esophagus, then into the stomach, then you know, then, 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 right? We can map it out. With our immune system, that's not the case. And so that can be very overwhelming. And it's also very difficult to study. And that's why we're still learning a lot about autoimmune diseases in general. And why I think there's also a lot of different theories and beliefs when it comes to autoimmunity in general. So your immune cells are a vital part of your body's repairing and maintenance system. It is the immune system's job to attack, destroy, and dissolve those foreign cells to keep your system healthy. However, when it comes to autoimmune conditions, these immune cells attack healthy tissue, damaging and destroying them and creating widespread inflammation, scar tissue in the process of this. So why would your immune system do this? For many years, this has been a mystery to the medical community, and there has been a lot of theories. And in one of the theories, today's theory that we're going to talk about is referred to as molecular mimicry. The molecular mimicry theory proposes that over hundreds and thousands of years, foreign invaders have learned to randomly mutate and take on similar structures and characteristics as our healthy cells, as our healthy cells to invade the immune system. These are low-level infections that often stay inside the body and are undetected for years, causing inflammation and eventually leading to chronic diseases. And most people who are diagnosed with autoimmune conditions have family history of also having autoimmune condition. But that doesn't mean that you are destined for this diagnosis. You have the power to turn off and on the genes with many of the simple choices that you make every single day. This may be slightly confusing for those of you who are brand new to this thought or this theory, but we will explain it a little bit more um, coming up. So genetic disposition makes up only one third of our risk for developing autoimmune conditions. Dynamics in your environment have a far greater impact 
on your health risk. This includes your nutrition, your lifestyle choices, the toxic exposure, what chemicals are using in your laundry room or to clean your bathroom, um, infections that you may have or have been exposed to if you had mono, you know, in high school or in college, um, and healthy hormone balancing inside the body. If you've had things like me where you've been, had some hormonal acne and ended up getting put on birth control and Accutane, obviously my hormones were a little out of whack in that situation. So current research identifies there are between 80 to 100 different types of autoimmune diseases known to attack different organs, tissues, and systems inside your body. And in, and additionally to that, 40 other diseases are suspected to have some roots in autoimmune autoimmunity as well. And I wanted to explain something to you guys about genetics. And this was really hard for me in the beginning to kind of wrap my head around until I heard this analogy. And the theory between twins, right? You can have identical twins and one of them can develop autoimmunity and one of them wouldn't. Well, why is this? They're exactly the same genetically. They are the same person. They've basically just split apart in the womb, but they still have different experiences in their life. So if we think about it in the sense of this twin goes off, goes to college, lives a pretty stress-free life, gets a good job, finances aren't an issue, eats really healthy and organic, you know, lives a pretty active lifestyle, exercising, taking care of their body, moving the body, married someone who's fantastic, like their stress level is going to be pretty low. They use clean cleaning products. I mean, we could list on and on and on, right? Whereas the other twin, (laughs) maybe they went to college, they went to do something really, really stressful (laughs) in their career. It was a high demand college experience, high demand college, um, or excuse me, career choice where they have a crazy sleep schedule. Maybe they're a doctor or a physician where they're working day shift and night shift and (laughs) kind of all over the place. Um, and maybe they're grabbing a little bit more convenient food. They're hiring a housekeeper to come in (laughs) and use whatever products and not that health isn't important to them, but they're just going all the time and their stress is super high and maybe they're exposed to chemicals or just different things at work, right? We could theorize about a hundred different scenarios, but at the end of the day, one may have the environment that would lead them more towards autoimmunity versus the other one because of stress, because of environment, because of toxic exposure and hormones and all of the things that we talked about. And a big part of this has to do simply with our environment, the dynamics of the way that we're living and conducting our life. And this is why I am so passionate about working with women who want to make those lifestyle and dietary changes because, oh my gosh, it's so simple. (laughs) I mean, it's so simple when we know what we're doing and we can do things in the right order and the right system and really put the time and energy and focus into the areas that are specific to us. And this is why having a coach is so valuable 
in terms of being able to see what I call my blind spots or your blind spots and say, hey, you know, this is really important for you. Please do this, right? Some of our clients in the Hansen Method, their big thing is just drinking water. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know how much water would impact my bowel movements, my energy levels, me not snacking and eating all day long, and how good I feel just by making that one change. But for a lot of people, what we want to do is be like, okay, I'm going to overhaul my diet. I'm going to go and exercise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it becomes overwhelming and we begin to fail because we're trying to take on too much where if we just go back to some of those basics and focus on plugging those holes to begin with, our body's going to respond really well. Our immune system is going to respond very, very well. (laughs) So what distinguishes one autoimmune disease from another is simply the tissue that is under attack by the autoimmune system and being damaged. So some of the well-known ones um, are Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is what we deal with. We've dealt with a lot of women who also have celiac disease, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, Crohn's, lupus, psoriasis, asthma, diabetes, and even infertility. Many doctors believe that the root of autoimmune disease is directly related to the health of your gut. You may have heard of leaky gut. There are these tiny junctions that line your intestinal tract whose job is to mitigate what molecular structures get past that and into the bloodstream and which ones don't. When these junctions have become compromised, fats and proteins that are not fully digested, as well as waste products, toxins, things like that can be leaked into our bloodstream. This will promote your immune response, eventually creating widespread um, and chronic inflammation inside the body. And this sets the stage for chronic inflammation and also for eventually, possibly, autoimmune diseases in the future. So for a more depth understanding of this process, please refer to um, some of our guides. We will have them linked up in the show notes for you on just a thyroid panel, giving you guys just some, a greater idea of what's kind of going on. Um, if you have been diagnosed with um, any autoimmune condition, you are statistically at a greater risk for developing other autoimmune conditions and diseases. There is no cure for autoimmune diseases, but it can be greatly influenced by the choices that you make every single day. You have a tremendous amount of power. And as Dr. Terry Wells, the author of The Walls Protocol, the, de- the best treatment for chronic disease is to create health through lifestyle. So with this, I want to just tell you guys that autoimmune conditions can go into remission. Same thing with cancer. They can go into remission. Um, that means that they're not flaring up. They're not active. You're not having the daily symptoms and side effects of whatever the condition may be. It doesn't mean it's cured. It doesn't mean it's gone forever. (laughs) But, and there will be residual side effects from it. However, you can greatly improve the quality of your life 
And oh my gosh, you can just feel so amazing. So here's my little disclaimer. (laughs) Before making any changes to your diet, you guys need to please consult with your physician on this. So for autoimmunity, there are really two recommendations that we typically make inside um, the Hansen method, but also just in general, um, whether you work with us or you don't. Um, there's kind of two places that we like to go. So depending on where you're at, what you have going on, um, I like to say more of a paleo lifestyle, um, typically because it's easier for people to cut out gluten and dairy products that could be causing a lot of inflammation. Um, so that can be a great place to go. I will be completely honest with you guys doing an AIP or an autoimmune protocol can be very challenging to do on your own, Um, (laughs) just simply for having the directions and the things like that. So let's just look at some of the next steps that you guys can do. And if you decide that you would like to try a more holistic, natural approach to your autoimmunity, um, this can help with those symptoms and they can be alleviated and as I, as I stated earlier, please talk to your, your doctor, your physician about this. Um, some of them will tell you that diet and lifestyle have nothing to do with your condition. And I'm here to tell you that it does. <laughs> um, you can take my word for it or you can believe and trust in your doctor. Either way is okay with me, but I just want to present you guys with this information. So what I sometimes like to do, oftentimes, especially if you have multiple autoimmune conditions, um, I like to start people with an AIP as long as something else doesn't trump it. As long as we don't see high levels of heavy metals or toxic exposure that needs to be taken care of first. Okay. So I'm just speaking in general terms. <laughs> so number one is implementing an AIP approach for 30 to 60 days. If your symptoms have decreased or resolved, then slowly begin to reintroduce those foods one at a time with a minimum of four to five days between the reintroduction. Okay, so one of the big things that we take out with um, an AIP is eggs, as a lot of people have inflammatory responses to those. And so (laughs) you would want to cut it out for the 60 days and then introduce it, let's say day one of reintroduction, and then don't reintroduce anything else for five days. Track all of your symptoms, see what's going on. And you really want to pay attention to those symptoms with the reintroduction because it can take up to 72 hours for your immune system to respond to the food antigen. So during this time, it is critical that you keep a food diary um, during this reintroduction process. And honestly, if you start before, I think that's great as well, because <laughs> then you have a baseline of the symptoms and the things that you have going on. After all the food have been has been reintroduced, you can have a pretty clear picture on what food is going to work really well for you and which foods are not going to be the best fit. So responses to food antigens vary. It can be anything mental, physical, or both. So be on the lookout for symptoms like brain fog, fatigue, achiness, flu-like feeling in your stomach, your digestive system, insomnia, digestive distress, ranging from diarrhea to constipation to bloating, gas, um, skin eruptions, 
meaning like acne or rashes on your skin anywhere. If you have maybe what we call Hashi rashes, (laughs) if those flare up, we know that whatever the food was that you tried to reintroduce is not a good fit for you. Number two, then, so once you complete the AIP, begin with a paleo approach and then eliminate if needed. Okay. So some people who suffer with autoimmune disease conditions have experienced symptoms of relief by simply following just a traditional AIP or a traditional paleo elimination of grains, dried legumes, dairy, refined sugar, processed foods, and refined oils. So they're just moving to a more whole food diet. So some people do just great with that. If you are implementing this approach for 30 to 60 days, you should find that you are feeling a little bit better, maybe a lot better. (laughs) But if you would like to get a greater relief from this, maybe consider taking out some of those other big allergens, nuts, eggs, seeds, nightshade vegetables. Doing this one at a time, paying, again, close attention to how you feel, keeping those food journals, those food diaries on those symptoms can be very, very helpful and healthy, (laughs) helping you make those, those adjustments. So let's talk about how to get started with doing this, okay? So Dr. Terry Walls, author of The Walls Protocol, talks about the importance of nourishing your body at a cellular level for optimal health. This makes so much sense to me, you guys. Um, I, before I read her thing, I heard someone say we need to saturate our body with nutrition. And I was like, oh, I love that because every single cell in our body is dependent upon nutrients, right? Micronutrients. It's dependent upon vitamins, minerals, proteins, amino acids, those are the same thing, (laughs) essential fatty acids, um, to really help and support the body. Eating your vegetables, so just like your mom said to you, eat a wide range of vegetables will do wonders to help you crowd out some of those other foods that you've been trying to avoid and keep you satiated with those nutrient-dense foods. Dr. Walls recommends eating six to nine cups of a wide variety of vegetables every day. But you're not, I'm not just talking about strawberries and lettuce and rabbit food. Dr. Walls explains that for optimal health, we need to split up vegetables equally into three different categories. Okay. Number one, greens, dark leafy greens, lettuce, kale, Swiss chard, spinach, arugula, collards, um, uh, parsley. That's one that I was looking, thinking of. Um, These greens are nutrient-dense sources of phytochemicals and have a a wide range of vitamins and minerals. So super important. Number two, those sulfur-rich vegetables. These are your cruciferous (laughs) vegetables that include broccoli and asparagus, cabbage, cauliflower, so on and so forth. Veggies from the onion family like garlic, chives, chives, leeks, those and as well as having a variety of uh, mushrooms, those sulfur-rich foods, vegetables, support glutathione production inside the body and are helpful at eliminating those toxins. And then number three, colorful vegetables. These are delicious options in every color of the rainbow. So red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, 
brightly colored vegetables are rich in those protective antioxidants. If you guys can <laughs> afford to do so, go organic. Um, I personally recommend if you can't buy everything organic, meat, fruits, veggies, those types of things, start with your meat. Um, I find that that, to me, is more important um, because you're you're taking out the hormones that are being pumped into the animals, okay? So when increasing your vegetable intake, it's also important to consider going organic. Again, if possible, eating organic produce eliminates the exposure to chemicals that are known to disrupt hormones and really wreak havoc on the body by blocking hormone receptors on the cells. It is very difficult for your body to release these hormone disruptors because they accumulate in those fat cells. Certified organic food is free of hormone disrupting chemicals, including pesticides and antibiotics. According to the USDA, organic food should be free from genetically modified organisms as well, GMOs. Um, sometimes organic produce can be a bit expensive, if more expensive than conventionally grown food. I get it. <laughs> we all have some tough choices to make. And one of the things that I tell all of my clients is we have to choose our hard. Sometimes making sacrifices when it comes to maybe going to the movies or our Starbucks so that we can afford more organic produce is really going to be the best option. And we have to choose, do we want to maybe miss out on the movies and going out and getting a daily Starbucks? Or do we want to struggle with our health more? I know which one I would pick <laughs> and hopefully you guys would pick the same thing. Um, all right, moving into this. You guys can, so actually, before I go here, I just have to say this. Sometimes when we are going um, or trying to go more organic, shopping your local farmer's market can be a really great place to go because those farmers oftentimes, and you can ask them about their farming practices, but they may have organic produce, but they haven't gone through the extensive um, certifications and validations and farming practices and everything to be quote unquote certified organic. And so they typically are able to sell organic produce at a little bit less of a product or less of a price, but you're still going to get the quality behind it. And it's going to be very fresh because it's not getting picked early and then transported and then, you know, transported again and then shipped to the, <laughs> the, um, grocery store and then, and then, and then, right. Um, so the food is going to be just a little bit more flavorful and better for you. All right. Moving into the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So you guys there, you guys can do a quick Google search. The clean 15 are produce items that have the least amount of pesticide residue on them. And they are okay to purchase conventionally conventionally <laughs> the dirty dozen there are actually 14 those produce items have always strive that i always strive to purchase organic whenever possible because they do have a higher level of pesticides and residual yucky <laughs> chemicals so some of the things that i try to buy more organic strawberries apples peaches nectarines celery grapes cherries, spinach, tomatoes, sweet bell peppers, cherry tomatoes, cucumbers, 
hot peppers and kale and collard greens. Okay, going back to organ meat, um, or meat, I should say, and we're going to talk just briefly about organ meat. Um, You guys, I'm going to be honest with you. The idea of eating (laughs) liver um, kind of freaks me out. So I choose to take a supplement for that and put it in a capsule form. But there are a lot of benefits to incorporating organ meat from a healthy animal into your diet. And this may be kind of out of your wheelhouse, as it is mine, (laughs) but I encourage you to give it a try. Um, I do remember growing up and eating some animal organ meat from my dad. He was a hunter. And this is a really common misconception that an animal's liver is filled with toxins. And that's one of the things that I can't get out of my mind. Um, but since it is the liver's job to really filtrate those toxins, it's really not true. Okay, so that's a false misconception, even of myself. <laughs> the liver actually stores a multitude of nutrients um, that are vital for the elimination of toxins. So Dr. Sarah, I'm going to butcher this name, Ballyton recommends adding mild flavored liver from chicken, lamb, bison, um, that is ground in a food processor to ground beef as a way to hide it in nutrient dense, that nutrient dense liver into your food. And this can be done in a ratio of two parts, ground beef or bison or so, you know, whatever. Um, And then one part ground liver. If If using a stronger tasting liver, such as beef or pork, then she recommends a ratio of three to five when it comes to the liver and meat portion. Okay, so of course, the quality of the animal is essential when it comes to consuming organ meat or really any meat at all. So strive for grass-fed, pasture-raised, or organic organ meats and regular meats when possible. If you're not able to source this quality meat and organ meat locally, consider looking at some options online such as the grasslandbeef.com and the grass and grass-fed traditions traditions with an s at the end.com. I'm sure there are other things out there um, <laughs> to kind of look at or consider if you guys live on any kind of land property and have the ability to raise a cow or two for your for yourself for your family. That's also a really good option. Um that's something that we do. We also try to do our best to raise chicken and <laughs> just different things that we eat so that we can control as much as possible for our diet. I know that that's not possible for everyone, but um, again, farmer's market is a great place to go and see if there are anything local to you. And sometimes small towns have really good options for this. So with that, you guys, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> I hope today was very impactful in helping you guys kind of figure out what to do, where to go, what next steps you need to take in your autoimmune condition and journey. And I am just so thankful for all of our listeners. You guys are amazing and just send so much love on Instagram. So I really appreciate you. And like I said, if you found value in today's episode, please share it with your friends. Tag us on Instagram. Um, and just let everybody know (laughs) what you guys have been going on. And I will see you guys in the next. Before you go, I want to make an offer to you guys. 
Now, there's no pressure here, but if you are like me and you just want to get to the root of the issue and you want help and you want guidance and you just want to know what to do and you are an action taker and you are highly ambitious, we have several spots that are open for the Hansen Method. Our schedule fills up very quickly, so if you are interested in getting in filling out an application and joining us, please take the time to visit the show notes and schedule your thyroid breakthrough call. We will be talking to you about what is holding you back. Where do you want to go? How do you want to feel? And then give you our personal and professional recommendations on the next step for you so that you can get out of this thyroid chaos once and for all. Wait before you go! Please subscribe if you found value in today's episode. Leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your reviews! Pretty please!